Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Dinging Corners, a Slabstocks baseball podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I am going to talk to you today about the American League Rookie of the Year race. Um, shout out to DK Cards. DK, if you're listening, shout out to you. You gave me this idea a couple weeks back. Um, you wanted me to talk about Rookie of the Year candidates. I decided to split it up a little bit and go American League, National League, separate podcasts here. So today we're covering the American League. For me, barring a major, major upset, this is a two-horse race. Um, it doesn't seem like there's going to be too many guys unless somebody just sneaks out here and does really well. Uh, it's going to be Luis Robert and Joe Adele. Luis Robert from the White Sox and Joe Adele from the Angels. So that's who we're going to talk about today. Um, obviously, some things could happen between now and then. Injuries, hopefully not. Underperformance, hopefully not. Um to where this it won't be one of these two guys, but more than likely it will be one of these two guys. They're both in AAA. They're both ready to go. Um, Luis Robert more than Joe Adele. So let's uh, let's start with Luis Robert. Uh, he's 23, center field prospect for the White Sox, and he just signed a six-year, $50 million deal with the White Sox this offseason, uh, January 2nd. January 3rd, something like that, maybe a month ago. Uh, today's February 3rd. And uh, that's big news if you're a fan of prospects playing right away and not falling into the Chris Bryant situation of being uh, kept in the minors for a little bit or Vlad Guerrero Jr. situation where he was kept in the minors because he needed to work on defense. And you can't see it, but I did defense in air quotes because they're really just keeping him down. His defense isn't good. It'll probably never be good, Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s. Uh, they were really just keeping him down so they could save money and get an extra year. Same thing happened to Chris Bryant. That is not going to happen to Luis Robert because he just signed a six-year, $50 million guaranteed deal. So it would be pointless for them to keep him down because they're not saving any time. That contract is, starts ticking the first day of the season. So uh, he got that contract. He will be the starting center fielder for the White Sox, I assume, uh, barring injury or a really, really disappointing spring training, I suppose. You know, something of that ilk. He will be the starting center fielder for the White Sox right away, and that gives him a big leg up on the entire field for rookie of the year contention. Um, there will be, my estimate is that there's going to be a ton of eyes on Robert this year as he joins the big league club. Uh, that big league club has Jose Abreu, has Eloy Jimenez, has Yoan Moncada, three pretty good talents. They added Yasmani Grandal. They added Nomar Mazzara. Nick Madrigal should be ready to play at some point. James McCann is a good backup catcher. Like, they've got good talent to go along with, you know, Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease and those guys uh, in the rotation. So they've got good talent. And there should be guys watching. Guys and gals, not just guys. Uh, there should be people watching. There should be people paying attention, and that will all work well for Luis Robert. Robert will be given the chance to seize the American League Rookie of the Year award, but the question is, will he? Uh, for me, I'm not so confident. While his numbers were undeniably good last year, he hit, for reference, he hit 328, 376, 
328 average, 376 on base, and a 614 slugging, which was a thousand uh, one zero zero one, a thousand and one OPS across three levels. Uh, and if you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but that might have been because he played at lower levels and had really good stats. Not the case. In AAA last year, he had a 974 OPS. So this wasn't one of those situations where his production was buoyed by, you know, high A production or double A production. It was, he was legit last year in AAA. Um, one of my concerns is that he's going to be playing in guaranteed right field, which is both A, a pitcher's park, and B, the worst name park in baseball. Whoever decided in the White Sox organization that they were going to accept guaranteed right field as the sponsor for their field, beyond me. Terrible name. Um, should never have let it happen, but that's for another time. Uh, guaranteed right field, tough place to play. It was above average for home runs last year, but it was below average for singles, doubles, and triples. Um, I don't know about you, but home runs just don't happen that often. Triples don't happen often either, but doubles and singles happen more often. Uh, so seeing it to be, seeing it below average in all three of those is a scary proposition for a young player to go into. Uh, he also, <coughs> excuse me, he also has to play in the other large parks in the AL Central for, you know, they usually play 18 games a year um, against your division opponents, which means you're going to be playing like nine games, 17, 18 games a year. You'll probably be playing nine games in Comerica, nine games in Kauffman, nine games in Target Field, nine games in Progressive. Not the smallest stadiums in the world to be playing in uh, on the road. So it will be interesting to see how he handles that. One other concern, aside from park factors, is that he also had really low walk rates, around 5%, most of the time below 5% in his three stops last year, and high-ish, high-ish strikeout rates all above 22% last year, up into the 24%. Um, not terrible, 24%. You're not running K rates like Lewis Brinson at 30-some percent, but still not great. Uh, he also reportedly, and I can't get his numbers on uh, in swings in zone and chasing pitches and stuff, but he reportedly has a problem chasing pitches to go along with that K rate, which will only get worse as he faces MLB pitching. Um, I brought up Lewis Brinson briefly two seconds ago. And the reason I did that was because I see him compared to Lewis Brinson quite a bit. I've seen it in a number of places. And if you look at their minor league numbers and you look at their scouting profiles, they are quite similar players. Uh, the major caveat being Luis Robert got to his power way more frequently. Uh, he ran a 337 isolated power last year in AAA, whereas Lewis Brinson ran a 230 in the 230s for isolated power in AAA and all of his stops except for last year in Miami when he ran a 240. So Luis Robert getting to his power way more than Luis Brinson, but is having the same issues. Low lower. Luis Brinson didn't really have problems with low walk rates. I will say that. Whereas Robert does. Robert doesn't have the problems of not getting to his power like Brinson did. But 
they both got problems chasing. Um, and uh, I don't know. If you're going to be compared to Lewis Brinson, that's not a, something that you should be very excited about. The nice thing about Robert is that he has plus speed, which should help him manufacture some extra base hits uh, and extra base hits uh, in guaranteed right field. Uh, that guaranteed right field by itself wouldn't give him. Um, so that's nice. Uh, plus speed cannot be counted out. And he's an excellent defender in the outfield. He's going to be playing center field. Um, so his ceiling is extremely high, but his floor is also extremely high. You've got a guy that gets to his power and plays good defense and has speed. You know, you're looking at, I'm trying to come up with a comp in the, off the top of my head here. It's kind of tough. But you're looking at a guy that he, he's got four tools, right? Um, unfortunately, the most important tool hit is not one of them. But you got to give him time. He's only 23. Um, so Robert should be an excellent position to claim Rookie of the Year. He's starting, or he should be starting, barring injury, something like that. And if he can just be fine with his bat, get enough hits to make sure that power plays and his speed and his defense should play, he'll be in really good shape to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's got the he's got the floor of a two-win player just because of defense and speed. Um, you add power into that, you know, three-win player. If he can hit at least decently and maybe up that walk rate, all of a sudden you're looking at a five, six-win player, seven-win player in his peak, eight-win player in his peak, you know. So uh, uh, really good shape to be able to win Rookie of the Year. If he lets his park... And his park factors, you know, the, what we talked about earlier with the singles and the doubles and the triples being below average. And his whiff rate gets to him along with his chasing. Uh, you're going to begin looking at Luis Robert. He's going to begin looking like Luis Brinson with a few more home runs under his belt. And that's not something we want to see. As for his card prices, uh, his last base went for $720 on auction. But on January 16th, one went for 610 So the... 720 seems like a bit of an overpay, um, but still 600-some dollars, uh, quite a bit. He's got a decent hitting team around him, which should draw eyes to him, and he's got great tools. But at 720 or 610, whichever one is legit, uh, the idea of him being the next Lewis Brinson scares me. Uh, I'm more risk-adverse, though, when it comes to what cards... I used to like to buy. We don't buy cards anymore, but what I used to like to buy, I was always risk-adverse. But if you don't mind some risk, there are few players, very few players in the minors with his upside and his proximity to the majors. So uh, if you don't mind some risk, it could be a very interesting season for you if you were to buy one. Um, but I, I, I like his chances at Rookie of the Year because of the floor he has, and if he's able to fix a few things, his ceiling is insane too. And then number two on our list today is Joe Adele. Obviously, Joe Adele is a outfield prospect for the Angels. He is a center field prospect, but he won't be playing center field because the Angels happen to have one Michael Trout. Um... But so left or right field, depending on where they put Justin Upton, Adele's arm is his weakest tool. 
So he's probably going to be a left fielder, but I'm sure he can pass as a right fielder. He's going to be 21 on April 8th, um, so he'll be 21 almost this entire season, which makes his stats last year more impressive. Adele was, and still is, only 20, though he will be 21, which was 3.7 years younger than league average in AA, and he destroyed AA last year to the tune of a 308 average, 390 on base, 553 slugging, and a 943 OPS, which was good for a 173 WRC+, or 73% better than league average, if that's how you want to read it, um, because WRC+, plus is 100 is league average, 101 is 1% better than league average, 102 is 2% better, so 173 is 73% better. Uh, and in those 43 games in AA that he played, he hit eight home runs and had six steals without being caught once. Uh, that would be on pace for a 30-22 season, 30 home runs, 22 stolen bases. Um, a 30-20 season as a 20-year-old, that's pretty stinking impressive. I mean, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Uh, unfortunately, for how good he was in AA, his AAA numbers were just as bad. He ran a 264 average, 321 on base, 355 slugging, uh, which was a 676 OPS. And that was good for a 67 WRC plus, which is 33% worse than league average. He struck out a ton, 32.6% of the time, and hit for his zero power, which zero home runs. Zero home runs in his taste of AAA. Despite all of that, he still ran a respectable walk rate of 7.6%, and we have to remember that he was only 20 in his first taste of AAA, which is six, which was 6.3 years younger than the league average age for a AAAer. And you got to remember that not everyone can be Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna. Not everyone's a 19-year-old dominating minors and majors. Not everyone's a 20-year-old dominating the minors and majors like Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna did the last couple of years. It's made all the more impressive, those stats, I think, anyways, when you realize that in three years he's only played 224 games, and yet he made it to AAA as a 20-year-old. I mean, 224 games, the Major League season's 162. You're looking at, you know, one and one-third seasons of Major League Baseball in uh, three years, which is both really impressive that he made it to AAA, and on the flip side, also really kind of depressing because he only played 224 games in three years. Uh, so health is definitely a concern here, um, kind of like the way health is a concern for Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel is obviously a great athlete and a great baseball player, but he just can't stay healthy. And at some point, you got to ding the prospect for health concerns. Like, Nick Senzel's great, but if you can't stay on the field for more than 100 games in a season, you're not very valuable no matter how good you are in those 100 games. Uh, so this is obviously a problem from Ro Robert, or Robert. This is obviously a problem for Odell. I expect Odell to get more seasoning in AAA this year and then be ready for the big leagues. Um, the rookie of the year could be his if he takes the big league pitching quickly and can stay healthy. Obviously, health is a concern, and taking the big league pitching is a concern. In his first taste of AAA, he struggled. In his first taste of AA last year, he struggled and then dominated AA this year. Uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of a trend there. Um, if he dominates AAA and then comes out and struggles in MLB, 
you know, he might take a little bit to get used to the MLB pitching. A nice thing for him and a bonus for him is that he has, and we've talked about him earlier, the world's greatest player in Mike Trout to bounce questions off of if he's struggling. That can only help the situation. You know, if you are a young kid trying to figure out how to play baseball at the major league level and you can turn to Mike Trout, one of the best players of all time, if not going to be the best player of all time to lean on, to figure out how he does it, to learn from, that could be a huge thing, and that is one of the biggest bonuses Joe Adele has coming his way. Uh, the one thing I do worry about when it comes to Mike Trout and the Angels and Joe Adele is pressure. Obviously, Mike Trout always has pressure to, pre- to perform, and he does. And now Anthony Rendon will have pressure to perform, and I expect he will. Um, but everyone else on this team always has pressure to live up to Mike Trout standards to get Mike Trout to the playoffs because he just can't do everything himself. Even though he tries, he can't. And now Joe Adele will come up and probably be instantly looked at as the third fiddle. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a young kid's shoulders. So hopefully that does not derail him. Hopefully health doesn't derail him. And I can see a big year out of him. Uh, Tool-wise, he's a little worse than def- defensively than Robert. But Robert's going to be playing center field. Adele does not need to play center field because Mike Trout's there. So he's going to get a corner outfield spot where his tools should play up. And he also doesn't get to his prodigious power very well compared to Robert anyways. Uh, He's got 70-grade raw power per fan graphs. Robert had 65, I believe. I'm not looking at it right now, but I believe it was 65. And uh, he doesn't get to it as often, but... He has a much better eye at the plate than Robert. He was running a 7.6. In AA, he ran a 10.4 walk rate, which was really nice. Um, AA strikeout rate was right around where Robert's were for the season at 22-something percent. But then in AAA, he ran a 32% K rate. So, you know, if his K rates are around Robert's and his walk rate's much better, I don't care that he's not getting into his power as often because, you know, he's just a similar nice player. Um, but if he is running 30% walk or K rates and he is running high walk rates, that kind of counterbalances and that I need him to get to more power. Uh, in regards to Adele's prices, there really haven't been many auctions lately. Um, almost none. There's barely been any cards sold in December or in January. We had one, two, three, well, let's just count autos. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. We had 12 autos. Sorry about that. That was terrible podcasting. We had 12 autos bought in January, and of those 12 autos, I would have bought two of them. The rest of them are pretty trashy autos. You know, the insert autos and stuff that... One one of the insert autos I would have bought. The others are insert autos I would not have bought. Um, so I would have probably bought two, maybe three of those cards total that were sold all of January. And there wasn't many sold in December. Um, so there's really no auction prices to go off of. 
in December, his base autos, BGS 95s and PSA 10s were going for anywhere from like $1,000 to $1,200. There was really no rhyme or reason for any of his prices. So it's kind of been a slow winner for him and his cards, which makes sense. Uh, if you think Joe Dell's going to be a star and he's this close to the majors, don't sell now. At least let him destroy AAA, have those prices go up before you sell, before he makes the majors, or hope he wins Rookie of the Year and then sell. Um, but it's it's just a little unfortunate because I was hoping to bring you some good numbers right now. Uh, it's tough to tough to invest in Joe Dell right now because nobody's selling. So even if you're listening to this and are like, man, I'm going to go invest in Joe Adele, really hard to do. Nobody's putting auctions out there. But maybe you can f- go find uh, like and just get a bunch of those. P- send them to PSA, grade them. You don't have to spend the $800 on a Joe Adele base auto and go from there and uh, remember that these Adele base autos and these Adele autos are the cards that got half of them got destroyed in transit so there's nothing there's base and there's like 50 and below but there's like no black or green or blue or purple Joe Adele autos so remember that um, when you're looking at these prices because that's why a ton of them are so high as for this race, it comes down to two things for me. Can Robert lay off pitches outside the zone? He's got the power, and he gets to the power. He's got the speed, 60-grade speed per fan graphs, and he's got the defense, 60-grade defense and 60-grade arm for center field. So he's got the floor. The way he reaches his ceiling is if he can lay off pitches outside the zone, strike out a little bit less, because that is a major concern of a lot of people. If he can do that, rookie of the year should be in the bag for him. He's going to be up all year. He's older than Adele. He's more experienced than Adele. So if he can do that, it should be in the bag. If not, when does Joe Adele get called up? If Joe Adele has to waste away for... 40, 50 games in the minors, you know, to figure out AAA pitching, then all of a sudden he's only got 110-ish games in the majors. Is that enough time? I don't know, especially if it's somebody else that gets called up and is doing well that you're not expecting. So if Adele can get called up relatively early, so if, if Robert's struggling and Adele can get up, called up relatively early so he can have more time getting used to MLB pitching, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he ran away with it, even if he's only 21. You got to remember that Mike Trout and the Angels, good, Angels, good developmental system. Mike Trout, good person to learn from. So Joe Dell has that stuff in his corner, whereas the White Sox have neither of those things in their corner. But they're both amazing prospects with upside. They got upside for days on days and days. And any which way you shake this out, it will be very, very fun to watch. For my pick for Rookie of the Year, I think I'm going to go with Joe Adele. Just a gut feeling. You really can't go wrong either way. There's obviously things to really like for both. There's warning signs for both. But I'm going to go Joe Adele. He's extremely exciting. He's got insane raw power. And he's got a great system behind him to help him learn.
So Joe Adele, my pick for AL Rookie of the Year. Well, that's all I got for you today. Hope you enjoyed this podcast about the AL Rookie of the Year. Look back again next week for the NL Rookie of the Year. Should be a couple of guys, maybe Gavin Lux and Carter Kreiboom would be my front runners at this point. Um, but be looking forward to that, and I hope you all have a good rest of your night.